0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we look at a fascinating subject, geopolitics and God's purposes. Geopolitics and God's purposes. It's very easy for us to take a look at what's happening, the dynamics and geopolitics around the world, and look at them independent of anything else, including God himself, including biblical prophecy. But what if we should look at things differently? What if we should see the direction of geopolitics actually affirming and confirming God's purposes? No matter what. It looks like on the outside. That's what we want to take a look at here today on Viewpoint. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. Is conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And one of the things that helps us to understand the problem with us really understanding what's going on in our world are the words of Barbara Streisand. She was thinking about Donald Trump winning back, the, the possibility of Donald Trump winning back the White House. She said, it's just too painful for me to consider. So, where does that leave things with Barbara Streifen? said, she said, I'll move. I can't live in this country if it becomes president again. So she asked where she might move. Well, probably to England. I like England. Well, she doesn't realize that England is filled with pro-Palestinian Muslims, and she's a Jew. She doesn't have a broader and bigger perspective of things. She has a very limited perspective. It's a limited, progressive, Western political perspective. At 81 years of age, she says, Well, I think Trump's completely unfit to be commander-in-chief, Yet at the same time, she praises her friends Bill and Hillary Clinton as the most appealing company, a uh, couple to her. Then she makes the more interesting conclusion in her statement. She says, Where is God in this time? Where is God in this time? She's Jewish. Where is God in this time? Let's rephrase Barbara Streisand's question. Where is God in the midst of geopolitics and all of the nefarious developments around our world that are stirring up the news media and giving them reason to increase their listenership? Where is God in the midst of it? Well, that's what we want to take a look at here today on Viewpoint. And again, I'm glad that you've joined us. It's a conversation, as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And one of the ways in which we can uh, observe this role of geopolitics as it relates to God's purposes is to look at what's happening with regard to energy, what's happening with regard to oil and gas. We're going to take a look at that here today on Viewpoint. Another would be What would be the scenario or the significance of the president of communist Russia, excuse me, communist China, meeting and shaking hands with our current punitive president, Joe Biden, this last uh, few days in San Francisco? What would be the significance of that? Their meeting. Well, one headline for the World Tribune says that the summit is seen reinforcing Xi Jinping's worldview. In other words, forces in our world have shifted to China. Well, where, how in the world could that possibly be seen as fulfilling God's purposes? That would be a question that we might want to ask. Then again we have another headline from the Russian Times saying that the BRICS nations are overtaking the G7 in economic might. In fact, the group share, that is, the BRICS nations, comprised of Russia and China and uh, India and South Africa and Brazil, they have already grown so rapidly that they're set to more than double the G7's production, gross domestic product, by 2040. Well, that's a very, very radical move. But it's even moving more radically than that because in January, there are a whole bunch of more nations that are joining the BRICS group. Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. By contrast, the G7 industrialized developed nations consist of the United States, Canada, the UK, France, Italy, Germany, and Japan. You can see very quickly that the BRICS nations are rapidly increasing beyond the scope of the G7 nations of the West. Then, we have also the discussion a week ago of Biden's announced New World Order and the response from Russia, from Vladimir Putin. We'll talk more about that as we continue on with the program today. We also see anti-Christian hate crimes rapidly increasing in so-called Christian Europe. Then this headline for the Russian Times gives us another insight. World economy may split into rival blocks. Well, that's exactly what is happening. And this announcement came actually from the European Central Bank's president, Christine Lagarde, today. This is very, very recent, friends. This is relevant right as we speak. At this moment, Russia, Russia's Putin, sees upside to Israel's war with Hamas. What in the world does that mean? That Russia is pushing the war with Hamas, and what does Vladimir Putin think will result from that? You see, all of these things seem to be disconnected, but in reality, they are all very connected. And we're going to connect those dots here on Viewpoint today. So, welcome aboard. Again, I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation is always with ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And you might say, well, why should this talk come with conviction? And why should it have anything to do with transformation? Well, it has everything to do with conviction and transformation because it's revealing that God's purposes are being fulfilled rapidly in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Geopolitics fulfilling God's purposes. Now, why is that significant? It's significant because time is marching very, very quickly. The pieces of the puzzle, friends, that heretofore seem to be non-fitting, or we didn't even realize these pieces existed, are now coming into existence, and the picture of the puzzle is almost complete. In other words, we better get our lives in order from God's viewpoint. That's where conviction and transformation comes in. You got it? We'll be right back. Today we're taking a look at today we're taking a look at geopolitics and God's purposes, and I hope that you'll stay tuned, friends. It's conversation as always with ever increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. Now, where should we begin with this discussion? We'll begin with uh, our discussion a couple of days ago with the headline coming from Israel National News. The world will never be the same again after October 7th. What happened on October 7th? That was the surprising attack of Hamas on Israel. It caught Israel by surprise, the world by surprise, and has caused the entire world to be in Political upheaval. And political upheaval leads to economic upheaval. And economic and political upheaval leads to military upheaval. And the reassociation and repositioning of nations. The realignment of nations. This is how history works, friends. When you read the Bible, when we read the Bible we see how God uses geopolitics and the movement of nations to accomplish his purposes for a particular time. And once again, it's deja vu all over again. Yogi Bear declared it's happening to us again, just in the same way God moves in history. So when Barbara Streisand asks, where's God in all of this? She just doesn't get it. She doesn't understand that God moves in and through history. And he is here to accomplish his purposes, both for Israel and for the Gentile world, and to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ in the propitious moment when all of the puzzle pieces are in place. And those puzzle pieces are coming into place quickly as we speak. Quickly. If we do not understand how these puzzle pieces are coming together, we just don't get what's going on. We're blinded to it. We take a look at each individual little puzzle piece, and we forget that they're supposed to fit in the bigger picture. How in the world can those of you who are uh, puzzlers... How in the world can you possibly uh, complete a puzzle without looking at the big picture frequently? You can't keep looking at the individual pieces. You have to look at the individual pieces, then back at the big picture, again at the big picture, back at the individual pieces, and so on. That's how we need to look at the developments of history, global politics, even as we speak. We'll call it geopolitics. In other words, the uh, geography of the world the positions of the nations with regard to politics. And politics includes economics. It includes the military. It includes uh, health. It includes energy, oil, and gas. It includes all of these things. And it also includes our concept of government. Our concept of government. So, Here we go, launching into the deep, friends. The world will never be again the same after October 7th. They're absolutely right. The writer of that article, Professor Phyllis Chesler, was correct. Then we have, at the same time, just two weeks later, Joe Biden announcing a new world order. A new unity, he said, and the United States is going to fulfill it, and we're going to unify the world and rule the world. That's what Joe Biden said. Well, that news was picked up by Vladimir Putin and those in the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Russian headquarters over there. And they said, not so fast, Mr. President. Any new unity proposed by such an old world order creature like the United States will have one purpose only, and that is to serve Washington. They said, we're not going to let that happen anymore. The U.S. has been that guy for the world for the past several decades, they said. Everyone's tired of it. But now it has a new invitation. So what is that new invitation? Here it is coming from the Russian Times and the headquarters of Vladimir Putin a new world order, another new world order. Now, we have spoken about this uh, several times in the past, and it becomes necessary for us to do it again, and we'll probably have to do it a number of times again in the future, as that new world order, the BRICS new world order, led by Russia and China and a few other nations tagging on, will soon, well, they already account for 36% of the global economy versus 30% of the G7 group led by the United States. So this group is already, the BRICS nations are already ahead of the U.S. economically. So, that points out that the expanded BRICS economic group will contain some of the world's largest oil exporters, namely Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, and Iran, as well as some of the biggest importers, that is, China and India. So, according to this article, if the BRICS nations succeed in shifting settlement of oil transactions toward other currencies other than the dollar... That could have a knock-on effect on the share of the dollar in international trade and global foreign exchange reserves. What would that mean? That would mean that the power, the world-controlling power of the United States and our dollar would drop considerably. And the power would then shift in varying degrees to the BRICS nations. In what way will it shift? How far will it shift with regard to oil and gas? You see, oil and gas are the engines that cause the economies of the world to flourish. Without oil and gas, Russia can't function because it provides a major part of its income. Iran can't function and can't uh, finance its uh, terrorism around the world, including Hamas because it relies upon oil and gas exporting in order to gain the funds to do that. Germany would not be able to function because it receives 70% of its energy from Russia. Europe would not be able to function because it receives between 30 and 35% of its energy from outside, mostly from Russia. Turkey would have a very hard time functioning because it now is set to receive a major uh, stipend from Russia for allowing its oil and gas to flow through Turkey. So you begin to see how these things are all interconnected. So we've talked now about geopolitics. We've talked about oil and gas. That's energy. We've talked about economies. See how they're all linked. Now, when the pressures build with regard to oil and gas and economies and uh, geopolitics and so on, that's where the tensions build. Now, tensions geopolitically have always been there. But they're increasing dramatically right now. And those tensions, friends, are driving the world away from its current order of things. The United States, right here where we're broadcasting, is losing its position as the leader of the world. It's shifting. Now, I'm not saying whether that's good, bad, or ugly. I'm not commenting upon that. We're not here to talk about that. Because that will put us in a position of arguing other things. That's not what we're here for. We're here to look at these things from God's perspective. Not the Republican Party's perspective. Not the Democrat Party's perspective. Not uh, a capitalist perspective or a communist perspective. We're here to look at it from the broader perspective that God sees from the heavens. And as he has described in his word. Now, it's hard for us to do that. That's why we, when we say viewpoint determines destiny, I really do mean that. You see, if we don't have the greater viewpoint that God has, at least insofar as he has allowed humankind to embrace it and comprehend it, then we're going to miss the point. And when we miss the point, we embrace the wrong things. And when we embrace the wrong things, we end up with the wrong destiny. Does that make sense? So, Russia and China have extended a new invitation to a new world order. So the world is responding. What part of the world is responding to that? The nations that feel like they're the odd men out with regard to the Western world order led by the United States and the G7 nations. You say, well, how can the Western world order include Japan? Well, because Japan is functioning as a Western world order, a democracy. That's why. Even though it's not part of the West. Now, what we're looking at here is something that is so massive. The changes are so great and are moving so rapidly that really we're, we're virtually commanded as Christians to comprehend the dynamics and the extent of them. When the World Tribune declared today that the summit that uh, Joe Biden and uh, Xi Jinping uh, gathered at there in San Francisco actually reinforced China's worldview and the correlation of world forces and direction has shifted to China. Well, where does China fit in the bigger picture? China fits in the bigger picture because it is one of the two nations that actually launched BRICS, Russia and China. Russia needs China and China needs Russia. Russia needs China because of the demographics, 1.3, 1.4 billion people. China needs Russia because of its immense natural resources. So they need each other. They feed on each other. In other words, they are actually using one another to achieve their own national interests while pretending to unite those national interests into a new global order called the BRICS nations. Then they have uh, glommed on to Brazil and India and uh, uh, South Africa among the initial founders of the BRICS nations. And now, come January, they're going to add Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. Well, that's a big deal. Why is that a big deal? Well, think about it, my friends, concerning the issue of oil and gas energy. If BRICS succeeds in shifting oil transactions toward these other, toward other currencies, the BRICS economic group will contain some of the world's largest oil exporters. Who are they? Saudi Arabia, Russia, the UAE, and Iran. Russia is the largest or second-largest exporter of oil and gas in the world, depending on where the United States stands at any given time. Under Donald Trump, the United States became the leader in the world. Since Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden's taking over, Russia, excuse me, U.S. has moved into second place. Russia has actually increased its oil and gas production And is becoming much richer in spite of all the sanctions. The same is true with Iran. And then, of course, you have Saudi Arabia. Between those three, you have basically gathered the majority of the world's gas and oil production into the BRICS nations. The new world order being started by Russia and China. That's tremendous power, friends. And then you have two of the largest importers of that energy that's keeping them all rich, China and India. And they're all part of BRICS. Think about it for a moment. The impact of this until we get back after this. so glad to have you join us here on viewpoint today as we talk about these events that are taking place very hard to follow them uh if you're listening to the news media you're going to get this sound bite and that sound bite you're going to get a a five-minute interview with somebody that gives you just basic information and you can't even necessarily trust the information becomes because it comes with a viewpoint and that viewpoint may or may not be correct in whole or in part. And so we miss getting the big picture. We miss an understanding of history in the making. And history in the making, friends, is God's story in the making. It's his story, which is his viewpoint, which is God's purposes revealed in biblical prophecy being unfilled right, fulfilled right before our eyes. So, what we're attempting to do today, and today is a little bit more complex than some other days, because there's so much, and it seems like, in some respects, that they don't connect. But they do connect. I have before me right now, we're going to shift for just a moment, to the World Tribune with an article that came out just uh, a few days ago. Klaus Schwab's plan to control every aspect of our lives is right on schedule. You know, Klaus Schwab's plan as head of the World Economic Forum is called the Great Reset. It's just a euphemism for a Western New World Order, uniting the nations of the West in one grand governmental scheme to get rid of national sovereignty and replace it with a world government. In other words, the nations of the earth basically forfeit their sovereignty, contrary to God's word, will, and ways, and give it up to a world government. That world government will be headed uh, by a group of, many people will refer to them as the elites of the world, wealthy and powerful and so on. But in reality, it's going to be led by people who have a godless view of, of the world and of history. They believe that we're at the end of a period of time where the world has done everything it could over history to create a one world government that's failed over and over again ever since the Tower of Babel. It failed with Charlemagne and uh, uh, the uh, Roman Catholic world order so to speak and uh, it has failed with the ottoman world order it's failed with the persian world order it's failed with the greek world order and it's failed with the russian world order excuse me the uh uh roman world order except that the prophet daniel said that if in this great vision the colossus that he envisioned in the book of daniel he saw This gigantic image and the final expression of that image in world government was, it would appear, the Roman Empire. Different than all other empires before it. Now, one could say, well, didn't the Roman Empire uh, die away? Didn't it cease? Well, yes and no. It did in one sense. But it's revived in another sense. In fact, if you look at the Western nations, almost all of them are of Roman descent in some way. Many of them have what are called Romance languages. Where do you think that title came from? Rome. Many of them have Roman-designed, architecturally-designed capitals. We still use Roman numerals today. You can find them inscribed on some of our national buildings. We still have a Roman kind of government. Those Western nations. So, it is that group, it's the resurrected Roman nations that actually now comprise NATO. NATO then becomes the most modern recognizable uh, designation of the resurrected Roman Empire of Daniel's day. So, when Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, has designed this Great Reset, he has set the vision, the vision for this, is to unite uh, all currencies into digital currencies, That's the driving force behind his plan for total control. And we've been told that it could be very shortly, within the next couple of years, that many of these countries will go completely digital, including the United States. We've been told that. I'm not here to tell you when, but that's the goal. Then also, the move toward climate change and climate control. That is also a means for controlling the behavior and freedoms of we the people. It's all about control. And the idea is if we can have a global government where everybody's linked digitally with digitally uh, digital ideas, including not only our economics, but our medical records and all the other records to track us, we could have, well, we could have a utopia. We could have a world order that just will defy any problems. We'll be united in unity and oneness. All we have to do, everybody has to have a chip, Everybody has to have something to be injected in their body, as Bill Gates has uh, already applied for the patent thereof, in order for all of this to happen. It's happening, friends, right in front of our eyes. And the World Tribune, this just uh, last week came out with the headline, Klaus Schwab's plan to control every aspect of our lives is right on schedule. So that's about a Western one-world order. But at the same time, there are competitive one-world orders that are in the move. We've already talked about the Kremlin's new world order, Moscow's new world order, uniting with China in order to accomplish what they believe to be their mutual benefits, each one of them thinking that they will end up being the great ruler of the world than the king of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Xi Jinping has no intention of giving up his goal to rule the world. He's already declared he intends to rule the world. In writing. Vladimir Putin has no intention to give up his view concerning the resurrection of glorious Russia. That's his viewpoint. And viewpoint determines their destiny and their decisions. So do yours. Your viewpoints determine your destiny and the decisions that lead there. There are no neutral viewpoints. Every one of our viewpoints is designing and determining destiny in some way, small or great. So this attack now by Hamas upon Israel has done something else. It has done something that Vladimir Putin recognizes. It's done something that uh, Middle East uh, officials with regard to oil and gas energy recognizes. And we're going to take a look at that. So what is it that Russia and Putin recognize concerning this attack by Hamas on Israel? Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin waited three days before he made any comment on Hamas's massacre of Israelis that happened on his 71st birthday, away, by the way. And then he blamed the United States, not Hamas. He said, I think many will agree with me that this is a clear example of the failed policy in the Middle East of the United States, which tried to monopolize the settlement process. He went on to say that Russian and Western policy experts are trying to use Israel's war against Hamas as an opportunity to escalate what he, that is Putin, has cast as an existential battle with the West for a new world order that would end U.S. dominance in favor of a multilateral system that Putin believes is already taking shape. Russia, he said, understands that the U.S. and the E.U. have fully supported Israel, but the U.S. and the E.U. are now the embodiment of evil from Russia's viewpoint. That came from a former Kremlin advisor who wrote, explaining Putin's need to differentiate himself from the U.S. and the support of Israel. Therefore, he said Russia will not be in the same camp with the U.S. and the E.U., Israel's main ally is the United States, Russia's main enemy right now. So Hamas's ally is Iran and also an ally of Russia. You see the ancient phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what's moving the puzzle pieces of the world right now. Moscow enjoys an increasingly close relationship with Tehran, which backs Hamas and which Washington is accused of supplying Moscow with drones for Ukraine, which is locked in a grinding war of attrition with Russia. So you see now the Ukrainian war is part of the picture. And I've hesitated to talk about that here today so as not to confuse and get us mixed up excessively. Russia's attack on Ukraine was the initial, uh, shall we say, trigger that has moved the pieces of this uh, geopolitical puzzle further down the track than we could have ever imagined. That is the fulfillment of God's purposes. is happening. So it's precisely these constituencies which Putin is seeking to win over in his drive for a new world order that would dilute U.S. influence. That is a powerful blow to Western foreign policy in the eyes of the Arab world and the entire global south. Russia sees this crisis as a chance for Moscow to try to grow its clout in the Middle East. And maybe become the peacemaker of all. Whether we realize it or not, the spirit of Antichrist is moving rapidly and dramatically and powerfully in our world. In fact, working to go exactly contrary to God's requirements with regard to the nations of the world. So God will actually use Satan's intentions to accomplish his own purposes. Have you noticed how God does that? He's doing it right now that which Satan intends through the Antichrist spirit to unite the nations contrary to God's command in the Old Testament, that the nations should not unite, but rather should disperse and form their own nations. Satan is saying, no, I'm going to coalesce the nations to achieve this ultimate utopian government in mankind, and through that, I will exalt myself by reigning supreme on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem through my representative, who is called the Antichrist, the counterfeit Christ. If you want to understand more about that and the depth of that, I urge you to get a copy of my book, Antichrist. How to understand and identify the coming imposter. How to identify the coming imposter. Not by name, but how the Bible identifies him. It's a $22 book, yours for $20. It's on our website, saveus.org. $22, 450-page book, on our website, saveus.org. You can call us at one 800 Save USA, that's 1 800 Save USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. By the way, I just want to express appreciation to some of you who have been uh, uh, sending some uh, gifts for the very first time. You're relatively new to listeners. And uh, you have decided that uh, this is a worthy ministry uh, to support and give, and we're so grateful for that, Uh, so very, very grateful. You cannot imagine how grateful we are. And uh, so a big thanks uh, to you. I hope uh, some of the rest of you will get on board uh, because this is very, very difficult. You need to understand, uh, if you're an early listener uh, yours truly receives no money, no income whatsoever from your donations. None. I receive no salary, no income from Save America Ministries or from our books. None. There is no person associated with Save America Ministries that receives any salary, any uh, financial support from your donations. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. So somebody else is helping to do that. Nobody is receiving any remuneration. There is no possible conflict of interest in the conducting of the business of Save America Ministries at the Viewpoint Radio Broadcast. None. So you can feel free. You don't have to be concerned that the monies that you give are not going for the purpose because they are going 100% for the purpose that you're giving them. Not 90%, not 80%, 100%. And without those, we couldn't keep the program going because we don't rely upon commercial support because that would give a motivation to change, dilute, whatever we say or do here on the program, we cannot uh, afford that to happen. All right. Now, it's interesting because the chairman, Amir Whiteman, the chairman of the Libertarian Caucus in Netanyahu's Likud party, has said that Israel will one day punish Moscow for its position in favor of Hamas and against Israel. He said, we're going to finish the war with Hamas, and after this, Russia will pay the price. He said Russia is supporting the enemies of Israel. Afterwards, we're not forgetting what you're doing. We will come and we will make sure that Ukraine wins. Well, whether or not Ukraine wins, I want to focus on the statement, Russia will pay the price. Well, it may be that Russia will pay a price. In fact, I'm rather convinced that Russia will pay a price but it will come differently than what Mr. Amir Whiteman thinks. It's going to come via the Gog and Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39. When Russia unites with its various nations to attack Israel to take a spoil. So, Russia will attack Israel, and Israel's going to pay a further price. God says so. But God is going to respond on behalf of Israel to cause Russia and those nations that unite with it to pay an even greater price. Because five-sixths of their army is going to be destroyed on the mountains of Israel. Ezekiel 38 and 39. Read it. You see, this is how things work. The geopolitics, the wars and rumors of wars the economics, the energy that supplies those wars, and so on. God is working, notwithstanding what things seem like, to accomplish his purposes. Even as three new world orders are formed, the Western One World Order, being promoted by Klaus Schwab, Joe Biden, and... And uh, European leaders and so on. The Russian China BRICS New World Order. We've discussed all the nations that are associated with that. That's an economic world order. And then we have the Muslim world order seeking to rule the world for Sharia law. Those are the three main competitors for the world's power. Each of them relies upon their particular groups, their allies. Each of them has to have energy, oil and gas, to supply their needs to do whatever it is they're going to do. They all need that. So it is said that he who controls the energy rules the world. But it's also said that he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. So he who controls the energy rules the Temple Mount and rules the world. Now you understand why my book, King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain, $20 book, yours for $15, on the website, saveus.org. If you don't have it, you really, really, really need to get that book. You really do. Uh, it's very difficult to comprehend and understand these things uh, without the completion of that view that is set forth there in that book. King of the Mountain, right there on the website, saveus.org. Now, a series of articles focusing on the oil and gas or energy issue. The first comes from the Russian Times. Iraq's Prime Minister has warned that the Israel-Hamas war could lead to disruptions in crude exports. The war between Israel and Hamas escalates to the point of involving other nations in the region, affecting global security, escalating regional conflict, jeopardizing energy supplies, and inviting further conflicts. It's true. Exactly how that will happen. I'm not here to tell you. I just believe that it will happen and already is. Next. From the Russian Times. EU countries are still buying Russian gas. Really. I thought they had sanctions against them, and they they vowed not to receive Russian gas. Well, they are. A number of EU nations that previously insisted they'd completely quit purchasing Russian gas are still receiving, including Germany. Russian gas is supplied to many countries that have declared a refusal to consume it. A very large European hub it supplies gas to other countries across the EU is now the Austrian hub in Baumgarten, one of the biggest in Europe. Then from World Tribune, behind the Mid East wildfire, Iran's expanding oil sales. Long deemed a state sponsor of terrorism, Iran's Islamic rulers have funded nearly a dozen regimes and proxy movements which directly challenge regional stability and key American interests. Iran's expanding oil sales sales and high petroleum market prices are boosting state revenues and thus fueling Tehran's policy ambitions. The People's Republic of China is Iran's primary petroleum market. You see how these nations are connected. When Donald Trump was president, he cut off all of that oil money to Iran. When Joe Biden became president, he took away those sanctions and caused energy money, petroleum and gas... Money to flow into Iran, ramping it up to 1.4 million barrels a day just last month. And you think Mr. Biden is trying to support America? Another, Germany needs Nord Stream too. Germany needs to bring the surviving branch of the Nord Stream pipeline online and resume gas imports from Russia. Abandoning Russian energy and replacing it with alternate gas supplies has been a mistake, said the Chancellor of Germany. The surge in gas prices leads to the deindustrialization of Germany, which is the largest industrial country of Europe. To ensure competitiveness, Germany should agree to purchase gas through the surviving branch of the Nord Stream Pipeline, said the leader. Hmm. And then, Russia to become China's second biggest trade partner. Turnover between Moscow and Beijing could surpass $200 billion by the end of this year. Moscow is on course to become Beijing's largest foreign trade partner. Do you think that this doesn't make a difference in the forming of these new world orders, friends? It's happening right in front of our eyes. But the way the news media reports these things... They do not connect the dots in any meaningful way other than to just state the facts. Maybe, maybe state the facts. But so what? What does it matter to you if China now has become the greater importer of Russian goods? Unless you understand Where that ends up, to form that new global order, the BRICS order, an economic order that will one day form together with the Western One World Order and the Muslim World Order to compete, perhaps even in the Jezreel Valley of the Valley of Armageddon. That's where it's all heading. The book, King of the Mountain, friend. Also, Antichrist. Antichrist, $20. King of the Mountain, $15 on the website, saveus.org. I hope this has been helpful and not too confusing. God bless and be a blessing.